now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Hope you all had a fantastic holiday wherever you were, whatever you were celebrating. I'm sure it was great, even though the Patriots put a pretty serious lump of coal in our collective stockings <laughs> with the Bengals game. But that's all right, because it's his season to be merry. Rich Hill, how are you? How was your Christmas? Oh, you know, it was good. It was good. It's been, uh, I'm down here in Florida. It's lovely. The weather outside of like that couple of days in a row that was in like the thirties and forties. It's been nice. I, uh, you know, it's always nice to spend time with family, recharge, like focus on stuff that matters. Uh, unlike the, the Patriot season, which at this point, uh, I can't think of more preposterous ways for them to lose their games than what they've done over the past two weeks. Well, again, Rich, if nothing else, they have kept it interesting. I mean, the ways they have lost games this season, be it a goal line fumble, be it some crazy lateral, be it a touchdown that should have been called out of bounds that wasn't, be it a Hunter Henry catch, non-catch, be it taking Aaron Rodgers to overtime with a backup quarterback on the road. They're not without creativity in how they <laughs> lose games. And at this point, you just have to kind of smile and laugh because I, I don't know about you, but uh, I spent the last drive of that game where they played absolutely atrocious for three and a half quarters and still mm-hmm. managed to be in it because once again the defense special teams came through they were driving they were trying to kill the clock and score a touchdown and i was thinking how are they going to blow this in what yeah. way are they going to blow this but i never would have had on my bingo card a Ramondre stevenson goal line fumble because it's just so funny that the two most consistent pieces of the offense of the patriots all year were stevenson and who rich hill jacoby Jacoby, who blew the last two games of the season, Rich Hill? Oh, oh, our two, the two best players. Like, honestly, yeah. other than on Wainu, it's the, the two of the three best players in the entire offense. No, it's true. And so you just kind of have to shake your head at this point. And amazingly, we can talk about this. The We'll talk about this in the second half of the podcast. But the Patriots aren't even out of it yet. They can still make the playoffs, which is wild. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Well, and also, like, until that end fumble, too. Like, the Patriots led the turnover margin 3-0 to zero against the Bengals. Like, that was obviously like a backbreaking fumble, but like it shows how much the Patriots had been like putting the ball or putting the team in like a position to succeed. Because like, how often do teams that win the turnover for margin by plus two lose the game? It's got to be less than five percent. Like it, it's it's absurd that the Patriots uh, lost this game. It's absurd that they weren't running away with it, and it's in part because the offense only put up twelve points. And they've been averaging like 15 points over the past five, six games, like including the Vikings game. Like this is just a, a sad effort with a sad ending uh, that like I, if I were the Patriots defense, I would yet again just be so frustrated because the Patriots have won the turnover margin against the Bengals, against the Packers, against the Vikings and against the Bills. And they've lost all of them. They've lost all of those games despite putting the defense, putting the team in like the best possible position to win against most of these being playoff contenders like Bengals Vikings bills, clearly the class of their conferences, like including the Eagles and addition, but like the fact that the Patriots offense once again, just limped their way to just a terrible finish that led to Hunter Henry getting a knee injury that led to Johnny Smith suffering a concussion that led to Marcus Jones now suffering a concussion uh, that like, I know that he didn't get that on offense, but like there's just so many pieces that uh, I, 
if the Patriots are said, you know what, we're going to throw on the towel because we can't afford to have any more injuries, I wouldn't blame them. Nor would I, Rich Hill. And this is like those elementary school group projects where one kid does all the work and everyone else slacks off, so you get a C. That's what's happening with the Patriots <laughs> defense right now. As somebody who slacked off all through elementary school, I guess I have some sympathy for the offense because I like being carried and doing nothing. However, I'm not getting paid millions and millions of dollars to, to do what they're doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't know. I, I appreciate the defense is still showing up every week, and I do appreciate that the Patriots show up once in a while on offense. Again, they have their kind of patented one or two good drives a game, and the fact that they have two dr- good drives a game and those game those two drives are usually enough to keep them in games that's a remarkable thing I, I can I can say with accuracy that they have two good drives a game and the defense is playing well enough that they're in it because of those two drives but once again they just can't finish there's no mental toughness you know the Patriots of old would wait for other teams to make mistakes and capitalize they are now the ones making the mistakes and you know I think in in, in years past a game like this would have completely ruined my Christmas it's on, it's on Christmas Eve. It's late December. These are the games that really matter. There was possible playoff positioning on the line. If this was like the old Tom Brady Patriots and that this, this game would have cost them the one seed, I would have been bah humbug up and down Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. But as you mentioned, just the way they keep losing, I was like, yeah, well, that, that kind of makes sense. Good for the Bengals. And again, if you go into a halftime down 22 nothing yeah. at home where you've done literally zero on offense besides your two tight ends colliding with each other, then you deserve to lose this game regardless of any kind of comeback attempt. Totally, totally. And like the adding to the frustration would be that like Nick Folk missed his two extra point attempts. And like this could have been a 22-21 game going into that Patriots final drive. Like there was like all the little things that in the past would have been so frustrating and atypical. But now it's more like, of course, of course that happens. And uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that the Patriots made it competitive at the end uh, kind of also was a little frustrating. Because, and hear me out on this, the reason why the Patriots were able to compete, make the game competitive at the end, is because they started feeding the ball to Kendrick Bourne, who obviously put up 129 yards on the day and a score. He was fantastic. Uh, Pro Football Focus had him as their top-rated wide receiver of the week. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, no (laughs) kidding. No kidding he's good. Like he was the team's most explosive receiver last year. And then I have to think that he must have scuffed Matt Patricia's shoes or something like that over training camp, because there's no reason that Bourne should not have been on the field more this year. And this was just such an evidence pointing like, well, obviously he's breaking out air quotes because he's been this good the entire time. Imagine how good this offense would be over the course of the year. If they had just the second half offense. Like just the Patriots second half offense that was going through Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne. And we didn't pretend to do the Nelson Aguilar, didn't pretend to do the Taekwon Thornton, didn't pretend to even just pretend that they use the tight ends accurately. Uh, if they just had the Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne offense, they'd be pretty good. They would be pretty good. They, they would be averaging probably like 25 points a game and that would get them average. And like that plus this defense puts them in the top tier of the league. Like, that's all they need to do they need to just be average and when you have Kendrick Bourne involved that way they get that average offense and it's because he's that good and it's so frustrating to me that they just have not utilized him at all this entire year and like obviously that like touchdown to to Jacoby Myers was just pure luck and incredible like timing and great drop with like that touch pass from Scotty Washington uh, who is now on the IR uh, that like, tapped it to Jacoby Myers. Like there was a lot of crazy things that had to happen for the Patriots to even be in this position. But it, to me, a lot of it was just 
uh, felt frustrating that like the things that were working were the things that everyone was like, obviously this would work the entire year and it finally started working because they did it. Yeah, I mean, look, I am under no delusion whatsoever that I know more than any coach in the NFL. I am just a, a fan with an above average football IQ. That's where I put myself on the <laughs> spectrum. I don't know more than Matt Patricia about football. I don't pretend to, but I am not. We're, we've, but when you, as is an, an idiotic, drunken fan screaming at the TV, are yelling things all season, and what exactly what you're yelling ends up working. You just have to wonder what the hell they're possibly thinking. It's like they get inside their own head. They outthink themselves. A classic, again, another classic thing that coaches going against Bill Belichick used to do. They just try and outthink yep. Bill Belichick and get outside the, what works for them, thinking that Belichick knows what they're going to doing. So we're going to zig when he's going to zag, but he knows they're going to zag. And it's just, it's just really frustrating to watch. This is a completely lost season. Even though, Rich Hill, like I said earlier – even though I'm still calling it a lost season, despite the fact that courtesy of some not some wild stuff around the league this past week, the Patriots are still very much in control of their own destiny oh, yeah. for a playoff position. And I believe we can talk about it uh, maybe after the break. I believe the Patriots can even afford to lose to the Bills and on week 18 and still yep. sneak in. Am I right there? Yep. And it's like it's not even like uh, an out of the question scenario, too. Um, but like, before we go into that, like, that's like what makes these losses all the more frustrating because like, if they had taken care of business against the Raiders and not done that lateral thing, they would be very comfortably in the playoffs. If they just didn't fumble the ball here against the Bengals, they would be very comfortably in the playoffs with a good win under their belt. Like the, that's what makes it so frustrating. Um, and also like, it, it just feels like, I mean, I'm personally hopeful that like, maybe they'll just do the second half offense. The biggest change, Alec, and I'd be curious to see if you recognize anything else change. The biggest change that I feel like happened for the second half offense was that the receivers were looking back to the quarterback the entire time. Like I, I, it was one of those like silly fundamental things that like, if you look at past weeks, like Patriots receivers are not looking at Mac Jones at all during their routes, which is like what they're supposed to do. Like you're not supposed to tip off your routes or anything like that. Uh, and like, look for the ball, but you know what, like in the opposite way of like, don't look to the ball until it's about to hit you in the hands to not tip off the, the defender. If everyone's looking back to the ball, maybe the defenders don't know who it's going to. And so everyone can look back and like that helps solve a lot of the problems that Mac Jones has been having in the pocket. And so that like when he's at the top of the drop, none of the receivers are at the breaks. Matt Patricia is drawing failing plays because from a timing perspective, they fundamentally don't make sense. Receivers are not like in position to receive a pass by the time Mac Jones is ready to throw the ball. And also like it doesn't align with the idea that this offensive line is not very good at giving pass protection for an extended period of time. And so that whole thing, like, creates immediate breakdowns. But what they did in the second half that I recognized is that all of the receivers basically like sense like five yards down the field, just all looked back at Mac Jones essentially. and was just like, all right, we're ready for the ball. If it comes to us, we can at least compete for it versus like have no one be ready because that's what like the biggest problem was. And I feel like if they do that over the final two weeks, in particular against this Dolphins team, which is a literally a must win game or yeah, I'm pretty sure it's literally a must win game. If they do this against the Dolphins, they have a chance because this Dolphins team is in a little bit of disarray right now. We'll break that down in the second half of the podcast, but I'm hoping that the Patriots take some of the things that they were successful with in the second half against this Bengals team and carry it forward for at least the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, look, Mac Jones is not blameless in any of the losses. He's had some bad throws, played some bad games, but 
if you go back, uh, Matt Chatham, who you should remember as the early Patriots kind of special team ace from the early days, he's a fantastic follow on Twitter. If you don't follow him, he's really good at breaking down the all 22. And he's shown several screenshots of when Matt completed his drop and he's looking to get rid of the ball quickly because maybe the blitz came in or the protection broke down on the offensive line. And he's got a bunch of backs of jerseys to throw to. There was no hot route. And that's on him as well for not maybe diagnosing a hot route and doing a quick slant or a screen or whatever. But I mean, what you're just what you just talking about, Rich, the fact that we are in this December 29th and we're still talking about timing of roots, which yep. are things you iron out in July, August and September. Um, you know, Bill Belichick said the best. It is what it is. I don't think they're going to fix it. But maybe if they just kind of took it into their own hands to maybe shorten things up a bit, you know, instead of instead of a, 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 a 10 step cut, you take an eight step cut. But I don't know. Um, I think even if they get that together, even if they figure that out, just based on what's happened this past season, they're still going to find a way to lose games. So instead of like having nobody open to throw to, they'll catch it and then they'll bobble it and it'll get fumbled for a return or something like that. They're just going <laughs> to they just find ways to lose games. I am rapidly, rapidly, even though it's early, I'm not completely abandoning ship here, but I'm losing a lot of confidence. Tyquan Thornton, um, that pass. There's a deep pass. He was behind the defender, bounced right off his, his numbers. He's not getting separation. He just isn't really a factor in the game. This offense is doomed. I can't see them. Even if they do make the playoffs, I can't see them getting past the wild called round. You never know. But it's like you said, it's really frustrating to look at this game. You look at the Bengals game. You look at the Raiders game. You look at the Vikings game even. Like there are, there are, there are games the Patriots easily could have won, but they don't have that, that mental toughness. There's no teeth to this team. And if they're down four with two minutes left and no timeouts, they're going to get to the 10-yard line and blow it. That's what they're going to do. Uh, this is not where they're going to score, and you're confident they're going to score. You know, if it's if it's 34-34 in overtime against the Falcons the Super Bowl and the Patriots, and, the, and these pages get the ball first, they're going, they're getting down to the 10-yard line and fumbling it and losing the game. And that's the difference between this one and Patriots of pass. And it's tough to watch because I don't know if it's like a like a, a wasted year of Mac Jones's prime, because he's still coming into his prime, but it's a waste of McCourty's last year as a Patriot. Yep. You know, it, it, it's, it's a waste. Yeah, it's a waste of, waste of Matthew Slater's last year as a Patriot. You know, Matthew Judon's going to be one year older on his contract. Like, there's a lot of players that were that were poised, maybe like a deep playoff run, not like Super Bowl aspirations at any point, but like they could have made a splash and and gone out with some some awesome play on a high note. And it's just not going to happen this year. And that's that's what's really sad. Yeah, totally. And like, I, it feels like uh, this is all setting the stage for an offensive blow up next season like I, I think the defense like there's a lot of really good pieces here like Marcus Jones Jack Jones Patriots have their cornerbacks of the future uh you look at how Josh Uche has been developing he's giving us a great pass rusher off the edge Dietrich Wise is having a career year jo- uh Juwan Bentley is having a fantastic season at linebacker he's really like stepping up like across the board Kyle Duggar is like near all pro status. Like there are players across the roster. Jabril Peppers has been contributing very well. Like there's a lot of pieces here that like this defense will be fine for the next five years. It's really like this offense is going to get blown up because this tight end play like of Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith is just not working. Patriots need to cut ties or just like bring in someone who knows how to use two tight ends. Bill <laughs> O'Brien, <laughs> someone who knows how to use the players, but like, the Devonte Parker thing like hasn't been working out as you would hope. Like uh, according to like Pro Football Focus as well, he has won like the bottom ten uh, in the entire league percentage of his routes run against man coverage. He just doesn't get separation, uh, which is like 
what the player is that he's always been. Uh, but like you, I was just hoping that he'd be able to contribute a little bit more. And I know he's been dealing with injuries. So like that definitely plays a factor, but like Kendrick Bourne has not been utilized. Well, Jacoby Myers is a free agent. Nelson Aguilar is in the last year of his contract. Uh, again, Tyquan Thornton is the least productive receiver in the first two rounds uh, of the draft, not including uh, Williams and Mechie, the two Alabama players that, we're dealing with season ending or like like season ending injuries in college, so they weren't expected to play this year. And you just look at all the other players that were picked like right after him. Like Thornton was picked 50th, and then at 52nd, George Pickens has 700 yards for the Steelers, and Alec Pierce was picked 53rd by the Colts, and he has 536 yards. Like you just see all of these other players, and it's like, yep. Yeah, yeah, Patriots just wasted another pick here. Like he's an athletic freak, but I, I looked at other rookie receivers that like had this level of production uh over their 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 rookie season. And uh pretty much none go on to become a top tier receiver. And like I'm not even talking about like top five in the league. I'm talking about like Golden Tate and Vincent Jackson, who's you know top ten receiver at his peak, but like that's the caliber of receiver I'm talking about, like a very good top receiver. Uh, you're, those are the only two names over the past like 15, 20 years that have gone on from putting up like fewer than 250 yards as a rookie to actually putting up thousand plus yards later in their career. Like that just doesn't happen. And it, this is just indicating to me that like, also like this is where I'm like, it's not just Patricia. Here, it's also just like maybe Thornton just doesn't have the, the skills put together because he does have those balls that just hit him right in the hands. But also, like, they're not playing offenses that feed him the ball. They're not taking advantage of his athleticism. And so whole bunch of question marks there, but it just feels to me like this offense is just going to be blown up for next year, uh, and this is going to be another year or two offensive rebuilding. Probably. Uh, I do think the offense will need to score more than 12 points against the Dolphins coming up. They're at home. They're hosting Miami. Miami beat them 20. What was the score? Was it 20, 20, 27 week one? Something along the yep. 7 to nothing at halftime. Not great. Um, not a great start. Uh, I had the I had the Patriots splitting with the Miami Dolphins coming into the season. I will give that prediction at the end. This is a must-win game by every stretch of the imagination. The Patriots lose this game. They are eliminated from playoff contention. So I know we're talking about the Raiders and Bengals are must-win games, and they didn't win either of them, but now we mean it. Damn it. This one actually is a must-win game. It is Patriots-Dolphins for the playoff elimination is on the line. Dolphins are without Tua due to concussion protocol. So this game's got a lot more interesting. Uh, Rich, anything want to talk about the Bengals? We want to move on and talk about Week 17 and playoff predictions and all that good stuff. Yeah, let's move on to Week 17, final two games of the season, and we will be back after the break. All right, we are back. And Alec, uh, this is, as you said, literally a must-win game for the Patriots. Uh, they've had a lot of fortunate things go their way as it relates to production from teams around them in the AFC, uh, as you hinted at earlier. Uh, the Patriots still control their destiny here for the playoffs, which is a weird thing to say at seven and eight. Uh, but like if they win out, they beat the Dolphins at home in week 17 uh, and then beat the Bills in week 18. Patriots make the postseason uh, as the that seven seed likely. Uh, but Alec, what is your thought heading into week 17? Like what, what do you see your initial thought around this matchup and uh, other parts around the league? Yeah, I guess we'll go around the league first. There are interesting playoff scenarios going, and I believe the speaking of seven and eight, it's I, it's amazing to me that the seven and eight Buccaneers can clinch their division 
by beating the Panthers by going to eight and eight on Sunday. That's good. A for Tom Brady. We're all rooting for Tom Brady and B every lost Panthers take moves that Patriots draft pick the traded for up one spot. So I'm psyched about that. Uh, the Broncos Chiefs should not be a good game because the Chiefs are good and the Broncos are bad. The Raiders are in a free fall. Derek Carr has left the team for Jarrett Stidham, our guy, which is weird. They're home against the 49ers. I don't know what's going on there. The game I'm paying most attention to, Rich Hill, however, is going to be Jets-Seahawks. Yep, Uh, It's the afternoon game. Big-time implication of the Patriots there. The Patriots are right in there with the Jets for, like, a final playoff spot. And then Rams Chargers, another one I want to keep a pitch to. Uh, the Chargers already already clinched a playoff spot, but that seven seven seed is still up for grabs. So uh, we'll know a lot more because we have the one PM game, Patriots Dolphins. But a lot of interesting things happening around the league for for playoff seeding and whatnot. I don't think the Bills can clinch the one seed, unfortunately, on their Monday night game against the Bengals because that'd be nice if they could clinch this week and then rest everybody next week. But uh, I think the Bills are still in line for the one seed. They kind of have to win out because the Chiefs are keeping pace with them. So we'll know a lot more about the playoff picture come Monday evening slash Tuesday morning. Yeah, the only way the Bills can clinch on Monday night against the Bengals is if the Chiefs fall to the Broncos, which is highly unlikely. Yeah. So uh, basically, there's zero chance. I, I mean, I agree with you. This is actually like a pretty great week. Vikings Packers on Sunday afternoon. Steelers Ravens is the Sunday night. Like the, those divisional games are always good. I love the divisional matchups over the final two weeks of the season. I feel like that makes it a lot of fun. Uh let's go over the playoff scenarios. Cause that gives right. us a little bit of a, a rooting guide here. Like, as we said, like obviously Patriots went out they make the postseason, but there's this scenario that if the Patriots beat the dolphins, but lose to the bills that still has a path to the postseason. And one, they need the Raiders to lose uh, against the 49ers or the chiefs. And uh, that seems pretty likely, right? Like, like they've benched Derek Carr, they're resting a lot of their players. Like, uh, the Raiders are in, are tanking the final two weeks. So they will likely lose to either the 49ers or the Chiefs, especially as the Chiefs are competing for, for playoff seating. Then they need the Steelers to lose at least one other game. And they're playing against the Ravens and the Browns. So two tough divisional matchups. This is not a good Steelers team. Uh, so, like, there's that chance. Like, I, I think there's a very real chance that the Steelers team uh, will fall to the Ravens on Sunday night, uh, which, you know, helps the Patriots a lot. The other things that have to happen, uh, obviously, is for uh, the Jets to lose against the Seahawks, but then beat the Dolphins. Because the reason why the Patriots need the Dolphins to lose one more game is to give the Patriots that divisional tiebreaker, essentially. Because uh, if the Patriots lose to the Bills, they'll fall to 3-3 three and three in the division. Uh, and they, they need to at least match the Dolphins here because uh, then you go to conference records. Fortunately, Patriots have had done a better job uh, in the AFC than the Dolphins did. And then you have uh, this weird thing with the AFC South because the Jaguars and the Titans are those last couple of dominoes where they need the Jaguars to not beat the Texans. They need the Jaguars to lose to the Texans uh, and then also lose to the Titans. So they need the, the Jaguars uh, to fall the final two games of the season so the Jaguars can't contend for that final playoff spot. And uh, that's what they need. Like, hmm. it's not super like, I honestly think that Jaguars piece is like the least likely path. Um, but like, none of those things seem super unreasonable. 
No, no, they don't, which is weird. Although, you know, none of that really matters, Rich. Like I said, unless the Patriots beat the Dolphins coming in, but that's going to be the most, this is probably the most complicated playoff picture I can remember in my lifetime. I guess the extra seed definitely factors into that, but I've never been in a scenario where you can be nine and eight, I guess, or it would have been, you know, maybe eight and eight in, in years past and make the playoffs courtesy of this team winning one week and losing the next week. And if these two teams beat each other once, it's just a lot to figure out. I'm glad it's not my job. I think we're also in a really weird scenario this week, week 17 with tonight's Cowboys Titans game and Sunday's uh, Jaguars Texans game. I don't think the result, maybe I'm wrong on this one. Cause again, it's so complicated, but I don't think the result of week 17's game matters in the slightest, the Jaguars or the Texans for as far as the AFC South concern. And the winner of the Titans Jaguars game next Sunday decides the division regardless of the results of this week. Am I correct in that? That is entirely correct. And uh, you're already seeing it. A bunch of the Titans have been declared out, like Derrick Henry resting, like a bunch of their their key starters are not going to play. Cowboys are getting a cakewalk here on a Thursday night uh, because Titans don't want to risk any injury. Like their path to winning the conference really comes down to, can they beat the the, uh, Jaguars in the final week of the season? Great scheduling, uh, how that's happened, but like the real division will be decided at that point. Uh, at you know, TBD, things can get flexed around and stuff like that in the final week, but um, yeah, AFC South coming down to a barn burner at the end. Uh, but you know, honestly, it's like it's one of those things where the, the division is just so bad, it's just like none of them go, they're all they're, they're not really great. Um, with that said, like watching Trevor Lawrence, who's been dominant over the second half of the season. Uh, watch him in the playoffs is probably better than watching like Teddy Bridgewater in the Dolphins. I don't know. It's one where it's like the seventh seed is just going to be cannon fodder for the the Chiefs, anyways. So who yeah. can give us like the most likely upset? Uh, and and I feel like the the Chiefs are prone to having things that are wonky happen to them. Uh, and like who knows? Maybe the Jaguars upsetting the Chiefs is something that like is not un- unheard of. Yeah, it's it's just weird that it's like a like a pre last week of the season buy for teams where the games don't matter this week versus next week is really weird. But again, Rich, none of that matters from Patriots' perspective unless they beat the Dolphins on Sunday. The only way the Patriots can make the playoffs, Rich, is as a seven seed. Correct? Can they make? Is there any weird scenario where they can jump to the sixth seed and avoid the Chiefs or the Bills in the first round? Or is that just wishful uh, thinking? I don't believe there is. I don't believe they have a path to like the sixth seed or something like that, just because the the Chargers already have uh, nine wins, and I believe that they hold the conference breaker against the the Patriots. Oh well, so basically, it's either you win out or you win and you sneak in and play the Chiefs or the Bills. That should be a lot of fun. But that's all right, Rich Hill, because again, we can all forget about this whole thing if they cannot beat Teddy Bridgewater and the Dolphins at home this Sunday at 1 p.m. Tua is dealing with his third concussion of the season. You hate to see that for so many reasons. It makes you wonder what the hell they're even doing with concussion protocol. We saw it a bit with our own Patriots with Devontae Parker. It seems it's very subjective in how they feel that whatever the hit looks like, as opposed to any actual procedures, hopefully two is okay because he's had an absolute renaissance this season, but the dolphins are in a free fall this year. They've lost four straight. I believe they're coming into a very cold Gillette stadium with a very desperate Patriots team. They need to win this game as well. I believe they clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Jets loss, which is very much on the table for them. So let's get into it. So I think the strength versus the strength, I guess, would be the Patriots defense versus the uh, the Dolphins offense. Bridgewater isn't some kind of boob, incompetent backup quarterback. 
He's not to his caliber, but he can run that offense. He's a similar athleticism and playing style, just maybe a tier below that. Dolphins are pretty healthy for the most part. Uh, how do you see the Patriots faring It's a Bridgewater-led Dolphins offense? Yeah, I mean, the big difference is between Tua and Bridgewater is that uh, we've never seen Bridgewater before. Um, and what we do know about Bridgewater is that his passing attack is not how the Dolphins have been winning this year. And so when you look at the this Dolphins team, uh, it is really just like two players, basically. <laughs> like it, it, it's there's not a lot of players here on this team. Uh, you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who are arguably the best receiving duo in the entire league. Tyreek Hill has over 1,600 receiving yards already. Uh, Jalen Waddle has nearly 1,300 of his own. And uh, then they have like running backs. You know, Raheem Mostert uh, and Jeff Wilson are like their tandem in the backfield. And like they contribute a lot. Like Mostert's like very good. They're both really fast. This is a track team. Um, but then like you have Trent Sherfield as like your slot receiver. Mike Jacecki is being super underutilized as a tight end. Uh, he's always been like a receiving tight end, but now he doesn't even have 300 yards on the season, which is like very low. Um, in reality, everything funnels through Tyreek and Jalen. So if I, if I'm Steve Belichick, uh, obviously you're going to do a lot of cover two here. Try not give up the, the big plays deep down the field, give safety help over the top for both Hill and Waddle. Uh, you put Jonathan Jones on Tyreek Hill. He's had a lot of success with him in the past uh, against Jalen Waddle really comes down to who's available. Cause that's the biggest challenge with the Patriots right now is that their injury report is basically all of their defensive backs. Uh, Jack Jones did not practice with a knee injury. Marcus Jones did not practice with a concussion. Jalen Mills did not practice with his groin injury. Jonathan Jones is limited with a chest injury, but just based off of injuries, I imagine he'll have to suit up. Um, and so like, honestly, it's still like too early to know like who should the Patriots do with some of their matchups here. And I do think that they should do matchups to allow Jones to stay on top of Tyreek Hill. Um, but if those top cornerbacks aren't able to go, I really, really, really do not like the the Miles Bryant matchup with, with uh, Jalen Waddle uh, or the Sean Wade matchup. So I'm hoping one of those other cornerbacks are available to go. Um, sneaky option would be to uh, you know use some extra safeties over there, but in reality, like Patriots just really have to hope that some of these other cornerbacks get healthy. But with uh, with with Marcus Jones and concussion protocol, unsure if he'll be able to be cleared in order to play. And Belichick has shown that he's going to hold players out a little bit more uh, if they're dealing with a concussion injury and not rush them back. And so we will see if he'll be available, hoping Jalen Mills can start to make a return. Um, but I, I think that Jack Jones would be my, my pick to, to go up against Jalen Waddle, who has like a lot of speed of his own. Um, he's like averaging over 18 yards per reception, huge deep threat. Um, but the Patriots definitely just need to play man coverage against these players with safety help because uh, Trent Sherfield's not going to win the game. He's not going to win it for you uh, as their, their third receiver. His like season high for yards is 75, which came on like a one catch day. So like he, he's, he's not someone who uh, sees a ton of targets to like carry and move everything for them. Um, so I, I think that the Patriots uh, can really just focus their defensive resources, stopping Tyreek, stopping Jalen, um, and then, uh, you know, try and make Teddy make some mistakes because he doesn't have the strongest arm. Uh, he has been known to, you know, collapse a bit when you feel pressure. Josh Uche, uh, Matthew Judon going to have a field day. Um, 
but Patriots can afford to be lighter on the defensive side here because the offensive line of the, the Dolphins also not fantastic. And then Mostert uh, and Wilson are both so fast. You just need to go lighter so you can go sideline to sideline with them. Rich, would you think with Teddy Bridgewater versus Tua under center, there'd be more need for say like uh, Mac Wilson or Raekwon McMillan as that kind of robber slash spy role to follow the quarterback Brenton to keep plays from his legs, extending plays running around because he does have that ability or is that more of like a Josh Uche, Matthew Judon collapse the pocket and make him run for his life kind of scenario. Do you want to waste a player, so to speak, spying off Teddy Bridgewater or let the front line do its thing? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, like in the past, he he's always been like that, uh, not even an Alex Smith ask. He he's like one of those players that like can pick up those like eight yards on a third and seven. Uh, but he he's he's not a scrambler. He's he's not one of those players out there. So I wouldn't waste that. I, I think what you do need to do is understand that like Raheem Mostert runs like a four-two. And so having uh Jonathan Tavai out there is going to get you destroyed on a wheel route at some point. And like you need to have Bentley out there to like help co- like organize the defense and make sure that no plays happen up the middle, but you flank him with Jabril peppers. You flank him with Adrian Phillips. Like you don't need to go super heavy up front. Uh, instead, what I would do is play a lot of nickel and dime just to make sure that all of the passing routes are as clogged by your most athletic fast people as possible. Because the way that this Dolphins team destroy you is with yards after the catch, Mike McDaniel runs uh, a very nice offense as it relates to putting these receivers in open space to operate. Uh, And so the Patriots need to make Teddy Bridgewater have to make decisions. And honestly, I think that the Patriots track record this year against backup quarterbacks is incredible, uh, which is like (laughs) not a lot to, to write home about, but like, I don't know, proof is in the pudding. I feel like the Patriots defense will wake up and be in a good position to make Teddy Bridgewater stay extraordinarily difficult. If you're a backup quarterback, you better watch out for the New England Patriots because they will take you down. I don't know exactly <laughs> how I feel about that. Uh, yeah, the, the resume of, of quarterbacks they've lost to versus quarterbacks they've beaten is not overly impressive. But yeah, look, I mean, this is obviously a much easier day than it was, say, this time last week when Tua was still scheduled to start. I think the Patriots defense can be successful against the Dolphins offense. Again, this team's kind of in a skid and the defense has held all year against every team you can think of. They haven't gotten really blown out except by the bears for some reason. It's such a ridiculous stat that the, 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 the bears team is like the, one of, of like the two losses they've suffered this year later in the season that were legit. The bears is one of them, but I think they can hold the dolphins. I think they can, they can stop them front the big play. That's why I'm going with my X factor as Devin McCourty. I think every great fighter has got one great fight left in him. Mm-hmm. Devin, uh, excuse me, uh, Waddle and Tyreek Hill are those deep threat guys. I can see McCourty kind of like, this isn't his swan song. This is probably his last game at Gillette stadium. I can see him kind of going out with a bang, literally, maybe getting one more pick to really solidify him as the player with the most active interceptions, limiting the big play, being that that savvy veteran across the middle to call out the the, the diagnostic packages and just kind of going out in style. So I'd love to see Devin McCourty have a big game and shut down these guys uh, from the back of the field. So hopefully he'll, uh, he'll impress me here. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with that a lot. I, I think that uh, the X faction of the Patriots will be their secondary. I'd go with Jonathan Jones on my end just because of I expect him to get that matchup against Tyree Kill, and he is easily that target number one for the Dolphins that the Patriots need to make sure cannot have a huge day. Uh, and like no one can stop him. Like he he is nearly unstoppable this year. Um, and so if I'm the Patriots, Jonathan Jones, if you can hold him to fewer than seventy yards. That's a good day. <laughs> and so like can Jonathan Jones do that? Maybe. 
but that's my X factor. Uh, if he plus, you know, whether it's Duggar uh, over the top uh, or Devin McCourty, like honestly, I do McCourty over the top of Tyreek and then put Duggar um, in support against Jalen Waddle. Uh, like you got to do that. Yeah. Like you have to have success in the Patriots secondary uh, and you cannot, cannot, cannot afford to give up a big play because uh, Alec, I don't have a lot of faith in this Patriots offense being able to go toe to toe in a shootout. Uh, and this is like, not a a terrible, terrible Dolphins defense, although they definitely haven't been living up to their usual standards. No, I mean, like a, a, a shootout for the 2022 Patriots offense is like a 16 to 14 game. We've kind of had to calibrate <laughs> ourselves in terms of, of how they're going to score points. Hopefully the defense or special teams will be able to score something. We'll get a pick six or a fumble recovery or a punt return uh, to put a couple of points on the board because that's how the Patriots will stay in games points wise. Uh, you know, I, you know, I feel like you and I are going to say a lot of the same platitudes we've been spitting out for a couple of months now. You know, there's just really nothing the Patriots bring to the table that scares anybody. If they're running the ball well, defenses will stack the box and force them to beat them through the air, which they can't do. Maybe, just maybe, Rich Hill will start seeing two big games from Kendrick Bourne in a row. Uh, I'm not holding out hope. I don't know if Devontae Parker's going to be able to go. He seems to be still in concussion protocol. He's good for like one play a game. The tight ends are a disaster. They're Hunter Henry's hurt because he bumped into his own guy. Smith has a concussion. I don't even know when he got it. You know, there's just nothing I'm seeing from this offense that is going to make me think that the Patriots can score 25 points on the Dolphins. Now, maybe maybe 16 to 14 is enough, given the woes that the, the Dolphins might be suffering with Teddy Bridgewater under center. But I guess if I'm the Patriots going up against the Dolphins offense, I just do what I always do. I just run the ball a lot. Maybe Damien Harris will be back and they can split the carries up between Ramondre Stevenson and him. You throw it to Jacoby Myers, you throw it to Kendrick Bourne and just kind of hope for the best. And when you get into the red zone, you maybe you score a touchdown instead of field goals. But is any of that going to happen? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, like, this is, uh, it, it's a game, it's a matchup, it's a play call where I have no expectations for the Patriots offense. Um, but like, maybe there's a chance i don't know like the the dolphins like they have the players out there Xavier howard's still one of the best cornerbacks in the league even though he's having a bit of a down year uh in part because like there's been a lot of missing pieces around them uh their their top number two corner is cater coho uh who is like fine but he's only there because of so many injuries old friend keon crossin is their nickel corner like this is not uh an extraordinarily strong uh, secondary of the 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 Dolphins, and so if you you put someone out as the sacrificial lamb to Xavier Howard, I don't see why uh, you can't find positive matchups with Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne out there. Um, the strength of this Dolphins defense, I would say, is at that safety position. I think that they have some pretty strong depth there. Javon Holland, I think, is a very very good safety. Eric Rowe dealing with the injury right now has also been playing pretty well for them. Uh, it's not a matchup where I feel like the tight ends would have a good day. Um, but that said, there have been other games where the Patriots have played the worst tight end defenses in the entire league and they don't get them involved. So who knows? Maybe <laughs> they will. Um, the only thing I know is that the best player on this defense of the Dolphins is Christian Wilkins, their defensive tackle. First round pick. He is an absolute animal. He is so good. Uh, extraordinarily disruptive. Um, he is going to make it just absolutely miserable out there for Cole Strange. 
That's my thought. And so Strange and Andrews are going to be my X factor because if this Patriots offensive line can give Mac Jones two and a half seconds in the pocket, two and a half, the Patriots might have an opportunity to do something out there. But Wilkins plays almost every single snap, played 95% of the snaps against the the Packers, 90% against the Bills. Like He plays almost every snap. He is not going to rest until Mac Jones is absolutely miserable and yelling at Matt Patricia on the sideline. And so Cole Strange, David Andrews, that partnership is going to be my X factor because if the Patriots can slow down Christian Wilkins and you know give Mac Jones a little bit of time in a clean pocket, Patriots could do something here because this is not the best secondary and the Patriots should be able to move the ball against them. In theory, uh, so many caveats. <laughs> uh would it be safe to say, Rich Hill, then, then in theory, this actually might be a good game to exercise a screen game a little bit more as opposed to just exercising it every single week, no matter, no matter what the defense is showing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I think it's a situation where you can, like, make them miss a little bit. I, I think that uh, teams that have had success against them in the past, like, they're not throwing it uh, super far down the field. Like, the way that the Packers did it was, like, getting a little bit, like – chunk yards uh, or uh, quick yardage with Christian Watson. Uh, you know, he wasn't going that far down the field. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Alan Lazard, like Lazard was a little bit further down the field. And so like, that's an option. Um, I, I think that the Patriots could use the screenplay. My my biggest hesitation is that I just hate it. I, huh. I feel like uh, huh. it's just so inefficient. What really worked for them was finding Kendrick Bourne moving down the field like have him moving horizontally or vertically as opposed to like all of these comeback routes without opportunities for yards after the catch. Like they were giving him opportunities to pick up yards. That's what they need to do. They need to put these receivers in a situation to make them miss, but like through the route, as opposed to have the entire success of the route be predicated on them being able to make someone miss. And I think that's where the screen comes in and it's where uh, the Dolphins would probably be super happy if that's what the Patriots did, because like that's just not a sustainable offense. Who'd have thought that a bunch of screens all the time are not? <laughs> Could have fooled me, buddy. Uh, so I think if I remember correctly, Rich Hill, last week, your offensive X factor was literally anybody to do something. I yep. think that's what you said it was. Yep. Um, and I gladly and gleefully allowed it. So I'm going to go something kind of similar with my offensive X factor this week. He's practicing, but he might not even play. Uh, and that is punter Jake Bailey. As my mm. offensive X factor, the punting game has really struggled since he's been out. I think uh, what's a power to up dropped one last week for 22 yards. And I can see a scenario where both offenses are struggling here and the field position game becomes really big and that is punt back and forth. And if the Patriots can slowly pin the Dolphins back far enough. So when they go three and out, the Patriots start at like the 45 instead of the 25. That can be like the sole offensive drive that they have. So I hopefully they activate Jake Bailey off the IR this week. When they go three and out for the fifth time, he punts it, pins them back. The Dolphins go three and out. The pass get good field position because of a good Marcus Jones return, and they can score that way um, because they are really inconsistent on offense, and I feel like that's really their best bet to put some points up this week. I actually like that a lot. I think that like uh, the, the hidden yardage will be huge because the Patriots, they rank number one of the league in average starting field position. Dolphins defense, uh, they rank 25th. So like they give up really good field position to opponents. I think that the Patriots can and should capitalize on it. The Dolphins have been known to have multiple terrible outings on special teams. Like this is a situation where the Patriots can absolutely 
pick up as bonus seven points uh what through like missed kicks long field goals like missed field goals by the dolphins like this is a shaky dolphin special teams unit and uh the hidden yards the hidden points that really matters when you can't really trust your offense to lead consistent and extended drives so i like that with bailey uh i think that uh I could very easily say anyone on offense as well. Um, I, I think that's why I'm, I'm leaning towards I, or why I said Cole Strange on the offensive line. But like, again, do you think Kendrick Bourne can have an encore performance or what do you think the future lies for him? I think anytime he gets the ball, it's not like he's like playing badly. It's just like, are they going to give him the ball? I don't know if they have any, maybe they have, you know, in the, the, the magic wheel that Patricia spins every single play to see where they're going to run this week. I don't know how many Kendrick Bourne forward plays are on that wheel. I think he's a threat to do something good every time he touches the ball. It just, can they get him the ball and will they get him the ball? I think Mac Jones would love it. You know, I don't think Mac Jones is in a position where he's advanced enough in, as in his career to just say, screw you. I'm taking control of the offense. You know, if this was, I'd, I'd be very curious to see, what Tom Brady could do or, or, or a veteran quarterback who with a more better command, a little more reputation in the NFL could do in a scenario where he basically just says, Patricia, thanks, but no thanks. I got it from here. Like a Peyton Manning scenario where he runs this offense with the talent the Patriots have. I think they find a lot more success and Kendrick Bourne would do a lot better in that scenario because he's a definite game changer. I'm not a game changer, but he's a, he's a legit threat to, to move the ball from all over the field, including the backfield. It's just, they just can't get in the ball or they won't get in the ball for reasons that you and I have, Ad nauseum, tried to figure out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? I would challenge that. I would say that he's a game changer. Like, it's one of those situa- situations where, like, when the Patriots relied on him last year, he stepped up and delivered. Like, it, it's not one of those, like, uh, pure, like, potential kind of a thing. Like, he was an exceptionally reliable number two option for them last season, like, opposite Jacoby Myers. And, like, with the the upside of being able to take over a game if you let him. And then they just put him on the shelf. And so, I, I mean, obviously this is an offense where like there's enough talented players that I feel like there's no excuse for why they're only producing as much as they are. Uh, and like there's been that rotation of Parker and Bourne and Aguilar as that number two opposite of Myers. Uh, and like they all have roughly 400 yards on the year. Um, like it's, it's, uh, it's pretty clear that uh, a better offensive coordinator could figure out a way to maximize these opportunities for these players because they have the talent. They have the matchup ability where maybe the Patriots number one, maybe their number two is not better than the opposing teams, number one and number two defender, but without question, the Patriots number three and four receiving options are better. And the Patriots just simply aren't drawing up good schemes for that sort of a matchup game to win out. Um, But that said, uh, I'm going to go into this one with a hopeful mindset. I think that the Patriots are in a good position to uh, take on this Dolphins team, um, especially if the Patriots are able to play some of their defensive backs uh, that are all dealing with injuries. Um, But I, I do feel hopeful about this upcoming week. Well, with that, let's get the predictions then, Rich Hill. Uh, you had the Bengals win in last week. I tried to go against you for the sake of simplicity and pick the Patriots. You obviously won that one. So what do you got? Pats Dolphins with the playoffs on the line. I'm going with the Patriots here. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm expecting there to be heartbreak at some point in time, but every other Dolphins fan that I've talked to have been like, no, no, no. We know heartbreak. We know that we've been set up to fail this year, uh, to have our hopes dashed. So 
I think that the the heartbreak will go both ways. Patriots will beat the Dolphins uh, and then fall to the Bills next week to miss the playoffs. Dolphins will lose to the Patriots this week, uh, and then something heartbreaking will happen again next week for them to miss the playoffs. Uh, and like the Jaguars will be the seventh seed or something ridiculous like that. Um, but I, I think that the Patriots will be able to pull it off. I think that the two at a Bridgewater difference uh, will play a big factor. Um, and also just like the Patriots success against these defense uh, or backup uh, quarterbacks. And so I think the Patriots will be able to win this one. Uh, I think that they'll get a lot of help from their defense and special teams again, as always. Um, and I have the Patriots winning this one 24 to 17. 20, wow. 24 points for the Patriots. What a, what an offensive explosion that would represent. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm also envisioning a few like uh, their Patriots will force a turnover, get the ball in the Dolphins 20 yard line, not be able to do anything, move back five yards with a false start penalty and then kick a field goal. That's like, <laughs> that's right. what I'm forecasting. Right. Plus a pick six or fumble recovery. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's a given. Yeah. All right. All right. 24, 17 Patriots. All right. I am just going to make it easy. I'm just going to pick the opposite of you from here on out just to make it easy for me to figure out who gets it. So I'll take the Dolphins winning this one. Uh, not because I think the Dolphins with Teddy Bridgewater are better. I think with, I think a Tua under center is not really a contest, but this is enough of a drop that it's not a, a gimme the way it would have been. And Miami in December, they don't play well in the cold. And it's kind of like the Patriots going to Miami in December. It's just very tough for them. These teams kind of an extreme opposite temperatures to, to really do well however the patriots of 2022 will always 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 find a way to lose in spectacular fashion and i think the only way they haven't blown a game in heartbreaking style so far is a last second hail mary so that's got to be the final one to complete the bingo the tic-tac-toe so let's see a they're up let's say 23 to 20 and teddy bridgewater heaves one from the 45 yard line it bounces up and falls into mike Gusecki's hands for a 20, <laughs> for a 26 23 dolphins victory oh brutal you're cruel you are very very cruel we will be breaking this down next week hopefully uh with the patriots in position uh to win a playoff spot against uh, the Bills game if things go their way. Uh, Alec, did you have any final thoughts on week 17 of the NFL season? No, I can't believe that uh, not only is the season still going, but the Patriots are in it. So let's keep hope alive. Let's stay positive and let's see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See you. Later. Later.